Hello and welcome to episode 193 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark. Now joining me on today's episode is the vocalist from the amazing Australian metalcore band In Hearts Wake. Hopefully if you've tuned in you know of this band already, but if not, I hope by the end of today's episode you'll go and check them out because they're absolutely awesome. This interview with Jake will be coming up in just a couple of minutes time. But before then, I always like to use the intro on each and every episode of Mark and Me to touch base and talk about my last episode. On episode 192, I was joined by the film director, Andrew Dominic. We got to sit down and talk all about one of the most amazing cult films of all time, Chopper. We also got to talk about the incredible Western, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, and the incredible neo-noir crime film, Killing Them Softly. It was an incredible interview and I just want to say a massive thanks for the amazing response online. But today's interview is all about In Heart's Wake. This interview is fantastic from start to finish and I absolutely love Jake. So I think the best thing to do is to get straight to it. So here's me and Jake talking all things music. So Jake, thanks for joining me today on the Mark and Me podcast. Hey Mark. (laughs) Who's the me? (laughs) Uh, it's you today. What I want to do today, Jake, is for anyone that's listening, uh, I want to go back to the start for you and talk to me about when you were growing up, maybe those first albums you bought or bands you saw live that made you fall in love with bands. Yeah, holy, that's going back a fair bit. Um, <laughs> wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that my parents always played me their records and I always got to explore their CD collection. And my stepfather actually was in a band called Mass Appeal. They were they're a, a hardcore band who played the first day out in Australia. They toured with Anthrax, Bad Brains, Henry Rollins, Black Flag. Wow! They did the round, and so yeah, I got I got to uh, my my you know he's really this gentle, calm, beautiful like guy, and I had no idea there's this other side to him. But when I first got to see him on a stage at eleven, performing, uh, supporting Henry Rollins and Black Flag. And I watched him just cut loose with like a thousand, you know, punks just just going nuts. I just thought music and this, like this is it. This is the pinnacle of like the best kind of energy that there is. And I, that was such a formative moment for me of going, yeah, like I want to do this. I mean, I speak to <laughs> yeah. a lot of people and um, they don't usually start off with such a hardcore kind of foundation to build on most people listen to some sort of indie music or you know alternative rock or just some sort of pop stuff and then build up to that but you went straight in with some really really hardcore bands there <laughs> yeah yeah i mean yep uh, you know they they speak those bands and those that, that this kind of music it speaks so loud that it that it's heard and uh, you know we are living in a world with so much heavy stuff going on that we need heavy music to, to give it a voice because it's not afraid to say it how it is. And I think that energy really spoke to me at, at such a young age. Like, it's, this is a powerful transmission. Sign me up. I mean, a lot of people I speak to as well, um, you know, to try and go to your parents and say something like, I want to be in a band or I want to try and be a movie star. Their parents are always a bit scared of that because, you know, it's it's a lot more of a challenge to get into that world than becoming an accountant or a finance manager or something so people are like get a real job but I suppose with your upbringing in that with family being in the in the music scene it must have been a blessing when you turned around and said I want to be in a band yeah 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 I think uh, yeah it was 
I definitely was chose the right family and was born into the right family for sure. Very, very lucky. Um, but yeah, you know, I have, yeah, I've, I've spent in my later years, like more recently I was in Hollywood, like doing extra work and being on movie sets and film sets and it's a whole nother world. And I can see the, the shadow to the movie world, also the shadow to the music scene where some parents and some people, you know, might be like, Whoa, like let's, let's sort of steer clear of, you know, of, of the, the corruptedness of the ego that can happen in those worlds. So it's, it's, it's all about exposing yourself to, uh, it's got to come from a right and real place. And yeah. uh, it, it helps when you've got really parents, I think at the end of the day, and there's just a trust there that I was, I was lucky to have. And talk to me more about being an extra in on movie sets and stuff. That's exciting. I didn't know anything about this. So have you been doing lots of work in the industry? Uh, yeah, I moved to LA um, about three, two, three years ago. Um, and my my partner at the time, she scored a lead role in a lead show over there. And like, it was just insane being on like, you know, multi-million dollar like sets just being changed over in a second with like the best actors coming in and there I am like next to the director, the director's telling me like how the scene's working and like, it was such a cool thing to be part of. And they're like, do you want to get into costume and like be on set? And so <laughs> next thing you know, I'm like, I'm in shows, like I then picking up extra work in other shows. And it was, it was a wild, wild ride, but it showed me also like just the bottom feeder mentality too, to like you know, lining up at, at, at 5am and, and just how tough the slog is. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a world of broken dreams to a degree, but there's also beautiful dreams being created. And I, and I enjoyed it, but realized it also wasn't right for me. So obviously music is right for you. And you were talking at the start about seeing these amazing live bands and, you know, the mosh pits and the atmosphere and the, the you know, the, the vibe you get from being at these shows and your rib cage kind of shaking because of the bass and everything. Is that when you knew that that was the only way you were going to go in your life? Is there's no other option of doing a nine to five? You had to be someone on stage performing music. Well, I didn't know if I had to or it was the only way. I just felt that, like again, that there's so much to be said and this urgency, this this feeling of just like wanting to, you know, wanting to to share, shout, and be part of that that energy that you just get such a high from that buzz. So I knew that that was a path for me. I didn't really know what it was that I had to say, so to speak, because I was so young. Uh, but growing up in a world, you know, that all of a sudden we you're, you're touring in a third world country and you're playing like the you know the back alley of of just yeah people having it really tough compared to how we how we're living in such first world privilege, and seeing the the disconnection and how nature didn't wasn't playing a. Uh, like a, a strong abundant role in those people's lives and how it was everything to me. And I think that's where, wow, this, this is what I have to say. This is what I need to, to uphold. And that, that, that urgency really like just naturally started coming through me, I think um, moving forward. And then suddenly the music and all of that, which I must much, I love that becomes like a, a background thing and really the message and the urgency becomes at the forefront. Amazing. And with In Hearts Wake, you've been going just over 15 years, but were you in bands prior to that? Were you kind of growing up in college or school doing bands and kind of getting into that battle of bands and all those sort of things? Or was In Hearts Wake kind of your first introduction to being in a band? It was the first introduction to being in a band. We started playing together when we were like 13, 14. Wow. Not under In Hearts Wake, but just without a name. Like we were just jamming, you know, playing together. And then 
a year or so later, that's when we formed in Hunts Wake for a battle of the bands at 15, 16, our members were um, at that age. And so, yeah, it just, it's just been always, it's been there, you know, through, through the breakups, the family deaths, all the things that have happened in the world. It's been our diary entry that we can like pour what we're feeling into it. And it's really held us and it's been a beautiful thing to, to have in our lives. I mean, that's all important, but the big question I've got is, did you win the Battle of the Bands? We didn't. Oh. It, was a Christian, it was a Christian college Battle of the Bands, and only one of our members in the band was going to the school. And so we, they bent the rules that we could play. <laughs> but like when it came down to it, they were like, no, we've got to give it to the band that's actually all here. You guys did well, but like we're giving it to this band. So they were probably the better band too, to be fair. We didn't know what we were doing, but we kind of knew that it wasn't up. We weren't going to win. We just wanted to use it to play. And those first kind of shows you were doing, obviously, Battle of Bands, which most people in bands have gone through. Can you remember the stage when it started to get a bit more serious and you're doing those shows where you start to see more people turning out and you weren't just supporting other bands, you were getting a name for yourself? Yeah, look, it really came down to when we, when we just went, all right, it's time to record the full-length record. Yeah. Where and how do we do it? America let's put all of our savings we're living together in a share house we just saved up we went there we recorded and then that album was shown to a few labels and they you know the, the responses and the excitement that we got back was almost like wow like okay we might we've actually got something here and it was the tour off that that we really saw wow there's a there's an energy and a buzz here um, which we've been working on that's really it's happening it's real you know it feels good and with you guys I've seen you've had a few changes in the band with the lineup and stuff um over the years and you said then you've gone through breakups family deaths and all that but what is it that you think that still makes you keep on going now releasing new music and still every day getting up and wanting to do everything in this band because a lot of bands that i love either break up or go on hiatus but you guys have been solid even with everything that's gone on you're still going strong today you know that's a good question uh, in hearts awakes almost its own it's almost its own being or an organism now, to be honest. It's like yeah. we kind of serve it <laughs> and it's so much bigger than us. And like, other than the fact that we actually really enjoy being together, like as a group of guys, we, we, we love each other in that, in that way. We really are. Yeah. It's, it's a pleasure to play music with them. Uh, it's the fans continuously remind us why we do it because they're an extension of that organism. And, like you forget sometimes, you know, six months of not touring, not, not seeing the guys when you're doing something. And then like, you just might receive something so beautiful from a fan saying, Oh, it's just like moved them or they then look at life in a new way. And you're like, Oh, that's just, just that reminder is like, that's why art needs to exist. And an in hearts wake has been our vessel and our mouthpiece for art. So it's just really held us. And it's such a special thing. And can you remember that point when it became, your, your kind of main focus. So I know you've been wanting to get a message across through the music, but there must be a point when you knew you didn't have to work anymore, that this could be the main reason that you exist. You know, you want to put everything into this band. Was it after maybe the second album or the third that you really felt this kind of change where that's all you're going to be doing now? You didn't have to depend on everything else. Just before the first record, when we were saving up for it, like that's all we wanted to do was, yeah. was be, you know, was being the band. We, we, we toured plenty of times, but not headlining and whatnot. So we knew that that's what we wanted to do. But in saying that, like just to, I don't know, not to, not to uh, shatter the glass, but we're all still working jobs like now, you know, like all 
like one guy manages a bar, the other's in a bottle shop, another guy's like driving a forklift. Like we still all have these jobs that with incredible bosses that will go like, yeah, go on tour, go write a record. We'll see when you get back. And we come back and they still allow us to, you know, because they know how good we are as workers that we can drop in and work at those same jobs that we've had for like 10 plus years, some of us. So we're still working jobs um, and that's how we're able to make it work because we can't tour all the time, you know, like especially now we, we can't um, make it happen all the time. So yeah, we're lucky that we have jobs. And how did you find it during lockdown? Obviously the world went to shit and everyone had kind of 18 months out. So that would have prevented you from doing what you love most of gigging, touring and all this. So did it feel like you were in a prison, unable to get out and do what you, you know, absolutely love and strive to do? Um, nah, you know what? Like, I, I believe we just written our best record yet, which was Kali Yuga. And yeah. Kali Yuga is about the dark age that we're experiencing right now, right? It's, it's about, yeah, the disparity, like the, the division. Like that's, the, that's what it was about. The Hindus had written about this age, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, and we're in it now. So you write this record and release it, and then COVID hits. And it's kind of like, you know what? This is a, like, this is, this is a sign of the time. And it, it, it is as a, prison as it might feel it just felt right that this is what the world was going through of course it would be happening in 2020 um when we were releasing this record and so surrendering to that and going okay we might not ever get to play this record live was was a way of going how can we what is life showing us and how can we do things differently because we have no other choice but to do things differently or we just suffer um and that was going back to our jobs uh for one and uh what I did about it, I've actually been studying, this is, a, this is a detour, but I've been studying survival and nature skills for the last like five, six years. And so I went deeper into my study and teaching um, of survival skills. And at the same time, was able to fund and create uh, a movie that In Heart's Wake have been working on for the last two, three years now um, about a band having to operate um, in a more sustainable way in a, in, a cl- in a climate, in a world that doesn't exactly support that. So finding new ways was was the way for it to not be a prison, but to be how can we make this a freedom? And uh, it takes a lot of work. <laughs> and, and with that film and documentary you just mentioned, Green is the New Black, how, how did that idea come about? Because obviously it's quite an ambitious thing to get involved in making a short film or a documentary or any sort of sort of video. Mm-hmm. But the fact of, you know, you, you can tell how passionate you are about the subject. So being about the whole environment and everything that you could do, to make sure you got this message across was it the fact that you wanted to do more than just music to try and do this you felt that the you know that the documentary would give that kind of platform for you guys to get that out there for the fans you can only get so much from listening to a song on spotify or reading lyrics right so and the message being yeah, such an important part to, to why we do what we do it was a how can we like how can we give these these, these pieces of information so that others might want to uh take them and run with them and, and grow on them themselves. So we originally were just like, let's uh, just, yeah, just capture us like putting this record together and make like a, you know, what, what do you call like a studio diary, right? Yeah. On a small scale. And so we have these little pieces of, okay, we better cover this so that we can explain and be able to share the knowledge. And it was literally just a few potential episodes we were looking at because we were going to go on tour to the world, do all these, all these different things to release the record. And with all of that going on the other wayside and no, you know, no energy or money coming in, I thought, okay, this is an opportunity to really flesh out the story of what we've actually done here. 
And so I went about it by filling out grants, uh, like doing whatever I could to, to seek funding to get it made. And I, I got the first three grants that I, that I went for. I, was, I received funding from all of them saying, we want this film. It needs to be made. And that was really reassuring for me to go, okay, I've got to put all my energy into this. And uh, was able to interview uh, experts and professionals politicians, actors, filmmakers, and really make this be a piece that was of, of hope and solution. And that was such an opportunity that I, I wouldn't have had if we didn't have the last two years, you know, to, uh, to not to up. It's absolutely yeah. awesome. And, you know, to go on that, to kind of that quest to record the first carbon neutral record as well and everything, it hopefully will not just be you guys, hopefully it'll lead to more bands doing this now and taking note. I really do hope so. Yeah, that would be fantastic to, to inspire others is, would be such a you know a wonderful thing that i hope this film will do yeah we, when we looked into merchandise we looked into stage production we looked into yeah the records themselves like what are you actually printing a record on like the you know the vinyl itself the materials of the jacket um how to tour you know we have to catch planes when we go do these things how can we do it in a more mindful way and so it's just an ex exploration of all of that and saying you know we're never going to be perfect, but let's have a go at it. You know, let's just have a go at unpacking it. And that is what, yeah, Green is a New Black is about. And uh, it's, yeah, a lot, a lot went down, you know, bushfires and the pandemic throughout the story. So lots of juicy uh, moments. Yeah. And I, I suppose as well, a lot of people just take it for granted and don't realize until you stop and talk about, you know, the way of traveling as a band, the merchandise, like you said, the vinyls, everyone buys vinyls now more than ever but the damage that does, I suppose people don't even stop. And it's only when you say how much goes into a band touring, you can actually make changes that can be maybe quite small, but have such a big impact. Yeah. You know, it'd be, it would be great for hopefully one day we're not thinking about, you know, like environmentalism or like, you know, these things being a sort of luxury that we can do. It just becomes part and parcel of how we do everything, you know, because we have, we need it to be. So that we can have a planet to, to continue to, to laugh, you know, live and be joyous on. So it's getting to that stage now where like, you know, the time is nine and there is an urgency happening. And I don't know if it's urgent enough because we are so bombarded with so much other stuff that's taking our attention. And it's a really challenging place to be at, but it, we just get a you know, climate anxiety can come upon people and it just becomes, I don't even know, I don't know where to start. Like, you know, I just don't know what to do. And that's so relatable right now with the way the world is. And after you completed Green is New Black, did it make you want to now do more documentaries or more films? Because, you know, you've seen sort of Byron Bay International Film Festival promote it. You've seen the reception of this. It's been absolutely unbelievable. So has it given you a taste to kind of do more? Yeah, it has, Mark. I, I would be, I'm very open to that. Um, right now we're just in how do we, yeah, what other film festivals will it be at? It's 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 at a few. Um, sort of, you're doing its thing, and we'll see what this year entails. Um, but so yeah, we're in like the promotion phase of it. Let's say in the sharing of it. But I feel my gut tells me that it will create other opportunities, and I'm so open to perhaps there's going to be more to explore that people will bring to the surface of like, well, did you think about this? Did you try this? And that could be room there to go deeper into that story um so yeah i'm open to it man i'm open to it. i really love making films and i direct all our music videos in the past i've got i just it seems to be happening naturally i've been enjoying it 
that's awesome as well that you get control of your own music videos because sometimes you see these bands that just that no one really cares as much about music videos anymore i remember growing up in mtv seeing bands like smashing pumpkins and deftones and pearl jam and all this thought and budget and effort went into these music videos but people just don't seem to be as into it but to know you do it yourself is is pretty awesome yeah yeah i love it uh it's it's one opportunity you know to like yeah take deep in the art um you know taking the lyrics and the the concepts further with an opportunity to like write the music video and then direct it so that it kind of has some sort of cohesion across all of it and i always love that when uh, when you see that in artists it's like yeah it's an extension of the art of the music itself and that's that's super sick to explore and what about obviously films in general because i absolutely love films and that's what i talk about all day but um if you've done this documentary film have you got kind of a point in you that you think maybe down the road you might direct an actual feature like i don't know like a horror or a comedy or something that you could imagine being involved in because obviously you've got a skill for it you've got a passion for it would you ever take on anyone else's script or concept for a story and try and help produce this i reckon i would it's a good question. I would. I wouldn't do a horror. Like I could write a horror. Like I've, I've already got a couple of horror concepts, to be honest. But that's not what my passion is. I'd probably be going. It, it'd have to be. You know, it'd have to be. It have to touch on my other passions in some way. And I, I right now, that's I'm all into the earth skills, nature skills, like survival, so to speak. Um, so learning the First Nations yeah, they were so in touch with how to live with the earth. And there's some pretty incredible stories from the teachers that I've um, been learning with where they have learned from masters, you know, like Southern life and Apache Indians and stuff that um, just some of the stories just absolutely just jaw-droppingly incredible. And I would love to see that on the screen coming from a place of you know, fact, not fiction. To really hopefully connect for more uh, and others back to the earth to, to live in in alignment so i think that's probably where i would go with my movie making and with the band obviously the reviews for your last album were phenomenal are you gotten to the stage now where you're writing again and you're looking forward to trying to get out there and now you can get out and travel and hopefully play some more shows festivals and get some new music for the fans honestly no idea we keep getting festivals cancelled or rescheduled it's still happening here in australia by the day just lost like another two today so i can't count on those but i can count on a film getting to cinema screens you know green is a new black count yeah. on that we are we are always making new music and we're finding ways to to thrive we've got a yeah we've got three three new tracks dropping um middle of february um called the, it's color yuga booster pack so it's like an extension of the record of color yuga it's more to the story it's going to be coming out and there'll be a soundtrack to the documentary, which will come out, which is a fully original soundtrack we worked on um, as a band. So there's there's plenty coming. And we'll just focus on the creation of art, perhaps over the, the touring of it for now. I love how you've got kind of a, a bit of everything. So you're involved in the music videos, you've done a documentary, you're writing, you're going out doing outdoor skills, you've got all the environment stuff, you've got the band, you've got touring. I'm like, when do you sleep? When do you get any time off? Oh man, yeah. Sometimes I'm people tell me I'm crazy sometimes, but hopefully it's a good kind of crazy. Look, the the sleep thing, yeah. No, I I'm good with my sleep. I'm actually I'm a really good sleeper. It's all about lily padding and like spending a solid week on one thing and then being able to like go let it gestate and work 
like you know like send it off where it needs to go and you work on something else and that's worked really well for me and to be fair without these earth-based like survival skills that's the thing that's giving me the most um energy like restoration balance and reflection on everything else because it fully just drops me in to my body and i can really feel how i'm actually feeling and, and that has been such like a a game changer for me these last few years to actually achieve more yeah that's just that's my secret <laughs> that's my limitless drug uh, and my final question for you today is what I do on the Mark and Me podcast is any guest that comes on gets to choose the outro song. So it can be from any band, any piece of music, maybe from a film or a band that you grew up with or just someone that you absolutely adore. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What's a band or a song that you adore that you would love to be the outro song for today's interview? Let's go with Bob Ross, like the joy of painting outro music. Oh, man, I love Bob Ross. <laughs> yeah it's like it's perfect i can just hear it coming on do, 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 that's incredible <laughs> and no one would be expecting yeah. that they'd be like oh, i wonder what hardcore song he's going to pick or metal track and instead you've just got this really nice little tune out playing the, yeah. the whole of the episode happy little trees man it's 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 so soothing it's yeah he was a light when he was painting that oh uh, during the start of the lockdown me and my girlfriend we would watch hours every single day while we're all here at home and we could just sit there and watch bob ross episode after episode after episode and in the end we tried to do it ourselves and bought all the kit and everything and mine looked so bad but my girlfriend made this absolutely incredible picture absolutely incredible and um honestly it's kind of the best way to ever relax or just switch off is watch an episode of bob ross so true i love that you guys bought all the stuff like that's something that I would like to do one day, to be honest. And I, that's so that's so noble of you to, to do a really crap painting so your so your partner could shine. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Honestly, if you'd nice. seen mine, it was like potato shapes. It was awful. I tried to do all the hut and everything and the trees, but I was fucking oh, I terrible. Love it. I love it. Maybe it'll be a bestseller one day. You know, oh man, like, I, you know, I will uh I will send you a picture one time of hers compared to mine and you'll just wet yourself. It's so funny. You have to. You've got to put it in the show notes or even just send it to me, email it to me. I'd love to see it. You I will. It. It's really, yes. really funny. And you'll actually be like zooming in on her. It's like, fucking hell, that looks really good. Honestly, it's. I'm not just saying that because yeah. my girlfriend, she's nailed it. Yeah, that's so good. Oh, that was great. I'm <laughs> I love hearing that. I'm so going to I'm so going to get the kit. I want do to it. do it. I'm even more inspired. With it. Yeah. I'll send you a picture and you'll honestly be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, and we can do it again. Yeah, we, we, can, we might do it at Christmas time, like the winter scene or pick something and just try and do it. But you'll have so much fun. So much fun. Thank awesome. You, Jake, <laughs> That's good. Give me thank time. you so much for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure to speak to you. I will check out the documentary and I can't wait. I love documentaries. I sit and watch them all day on Netflix and Amazon and stuff. So I can't wait. Any, any New York documentary that comes along, if it's true crime or about anything, I absolutely love it. So I'll check that out and I'll let you know my thoughts. But hopefully when the world gets a bit more normal, uh, I can hopefully come and see you guys play one day. And uh, I look forward to anything that comes up from you guys in the near future. You're welcome anytime. You and if you want to come to a show, you just let let Haley or myself know. We'll get you in, and we'll get you the the doco when we can. I don't. Yeah, it'll it'll find its way. Can't wait for you to watch it. Maybe we can speak about it, or we'll talk about it. Oh, definitely. I I um I I I know it's completely away from all these subjects that you've done, but have you ever seen the documentary The King of Kong? Never seen it. I'm writing it down now. The King of Kong. Yeah, it's about. Wait. What? 
King of the Kong. King of Kong. So it's it's unbelievable. So it's about and it, it's completely away from everything we've talked about today. But it's a documentary about two people competing in America to be the number one score on Donkey Kong. And oh you might think that God. sounds fucking mental, it. but it's unbelievable. There's it. like this rivalry like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. And honestly, the way that the community is in the world and everyone's so invested in there's all these nerds that are obsessed. Honestly, you're on the edge of your seat and it's it's unbelievable. You won't believe it's just a documentary, but anyone that loves documentaries, it always makes their top five list. It's so good. It's brilliant. I'm there. I'm watching it. I love it. I've written it down. I'm going to, I'm going to start it. I awesome. love a good documentary. Love a good documentary. Awesome, Jake. I will Brilliant. let you have your last bit of the evening left. I'll start my day. Enjoy your tea. Have a beautiful day. We'll, we'll talk soon. Do. Take care, buddy. See you, man. Bye. So there it is. There's my interview with me and Jake Taylor from the amazing band In Heart's Wake. What a lovely guy from start to finish. We hit it off straight away and I feel we could have talked for absolutely hours. So I really do hope when the world is completely back to normal and bands can travel all over the world again, we'll get to meet face to face and continue this amazing interview. During today's interview, we did discuss the film by In Hearts Wake called Green is the New Black. And the good news is since I've edited this episode, there's been a big announcement and there's been some world cinema screenings announced. Go on their website and check it out. And if you're from the UK, on Saturday, April the 30th, they're showing this at the Prince Charles Cinema, which is one of my favourites around. But if you're not from the UK, they're showing it all across the world. So go and check it out. This documentary is absolutely fantastic, and the band have put their absolute heart and soul into it. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it. Go on your Facebook, go on your Twitter, and go on your Instagram and hit that retweet or share button, or put it on your Instagram stories, however you want to tell the world about this episode. It helps me and honestly brings a whole new audience to Mark and me that money can't buy. I don't pay for advertising and I rely on word of mouth. So please, if you've enjoyed today's episode, all the links are on markandme.com and share, share, share. And if you've really enjoyed today's episode, I do have a Patreon page set up. On there, each and every month, I have some exclusive episodes now that only you guys that support me on Patreon will have access to. There's some prizes from the amazing Richer Sounds, Last Exit to Nowhere t-shirts and Vice Press posters. But not only that, I'm going to be starting doing some videos, some exclusive announcements and so much more. You can get access to that on markandme.com and each and every penny that you put in via Patreon goes right back into the podcast and allows me to get out there and do more and more episodes, which means more and more for you guys at home. So it's a win-win and really does help. I'll be back in only a few days time with a brand new episode. The next one is one of my biggest episodes I've ever done. I'm so excited and it's a dream come true for me. It's a guest I've wanted since I've started podcasting. So stay tuned for the announcement in only a few days time. And until then, look after yourself, take care, and I'll speak to you all very soon.